Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sweet Release Healing Roundtable, After Dark. I'm Andrea from Sweet Release Healing, and before I announce who's here, I just want to give you a heads up that if you are easily offended, this is not going to be the podcast for you, especially since tonight to- tonight's topic is a continuation of our first, where we are talking about the effects of drugs and alcohol on our gifts and the sheer fact that we think that that's bogus bullshit and every spiritualist who says that should get stuffed. Tonight I have with me Charity, Tiffany, Kaylee, and Antoinette, as well as our fantastic producers, Sharon and Morgan. Thank you all so much for joining me. Tiffany is a nurse and is a fantastic nurse. So I'm hoping she will add in her two cents here and there on the safety as Kaylee has promised us a enriching conversation on psychedelics, the use, some research, and all kinds of information. I will say my own is limited because I, if I were ever to, and for legal purposes, absolutely have not ever, use psilocybin it would be for microdosing and not feeling the crushing weight of my existence Haley my turn so um we'll start out like pretty low-key uh so mushrooms right they've been doing a lot of research in other countries about mushrooms and how it affects our psyche and how it can be used to treat things like uh, PTSD, schizophrenia, and um, many uh, psychiatric issues. The only countries that aren't really on board with it have the most mental health issues because they don't treat mental health as serious as it is. And they do, they do treatments here um, with ketamine. So ketamine is basically an anesthetic and they used to give it to horses to knock horses, but like, It puts you on a different level. And they know that in small doses, they can treat PTSD with it. They've had very high success rates with using psychedelics to treat psychiatric conditions. And there's one in particular. So DMT is dimethyltryptamine. We produce that naturally in our own brains. It's always there. But for some reason, it's illegal for us to do that. So those are found in, like, the ayahuasca ceremonies. It's found in certain plants. It's a chemical. And it's also found in our own bodies. So how, how would that be bad and i wish that society would progress to the point where they recognized the incredible like medicinal purposes of psychedelics and hallucinogens 
to treat people who have very serious mental conditions. And it's crazy to me that like, we're still kind of on this like reefer madness type shit with psychedelics. Like we have this stigma against them. It's like, oh, you just do them and then trip balls and eat babies or something. Like, it's not even remotely close. Like, there's so many that come from plants. Like, mescaline is from mm-hmm. a cactus. Yep. Yeah. And the only one that I think is synthetic is, like, the MDMA, which is ecstasy and molly. But that's a synthetic of... Um, it drops your serotonin out of your brain is what it does. So it can depletes it all the time. And that's why you have to stop afterwards is because you have to rebuild the serotonin. But what it does is the MDMA from the ecstasy will like dump it. But they actually used to use that um, in therapy before they outload it to give small doses to couples to help them work out their feelings and stuff and to be more open and honest with each other. And then the government decided that they couldn't use that uh, anymore in the treatment. And so they made it illegal. Um, but you're right. That is, um, chemically produced. I don't, I don't know that that's found anywhere in nature, Kaylee. I'd have to look and see, but the rest of me, right. Tiff might know more on that one though. So I'm going to take the unpopular opinion here as always. Um, and I do believe that a lot of researchers and scientists in these fields have realized and recognized the importance that these natural remedies can provide for us. They are in ways safer to use for the body. The issue comes across creating and dosing. Yes. So how can you control one, regulate how they're grown to ensure that they are grown in the proper conditions. They don't transform and decay into what could be poisonous substances. And to ensure that you are controlling dosages because you never want to give somebody more medication or less medication. You want to find the one that stabilizes them at the correct dose to maintain that functionality. The therapeutic so, levels. Right. And that's yeah. where a lot of the issues in, comes mm-hmm. in because who do you test that on? How do you figure out what is a good dose? Me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, they, you have blind studies all the time. Your point, but they do like. Um, I I agree with you, Tiffany. Like, yeah, got to know what to give people, right? Because if you give them too much, you're not helping them. If you don't give them enough, you're not helping them, right? But I um, God, I lost that thought. Shit. No, yes, definitely the therapeutic level, but that's why I think that like the the medical profession needs to hop on this like you have an opportunity and you have studies on studies on studies that show that this is a helpful treatment for patients so instead of doing the traditional like take this medication forever and ever and ever until you feel like you don't need it anymore do a a series of treatments where you are dosing it based on like body weight or like the re- the reaction that you need out of it, the treatment that you need, the therapeutic level to determine the therapeutic level. But don't the studies upon studies upon studies already show that they're working towards that? 
It may not be as fast as people anticipate or want, but it shows that there's a need. Not in America. Not in the places that really, really need this kind of drastic treatment. I wouldn't even call it drastic, honestly. But, like, how how much mental health, how many mental health crises do we have where they hurt themselves or others? And the mental health field does not have enough workers to combat this crisis of mental health. So at what point do we like decide that we're going to be okay with letting these forms of treatments be, because we know that they're safe. So that's, that's my question. I'm a little bit more dramatic about it because I, I firmly believe that these natural remedies could solve a lot of mental health crises for a lot of people. True, but I also believe it needs to be done the correct way. Have you ever seen somebody who was absolutely convinced on a high that their children were devils? And that's that's why I think that it should be in a clinical setting. Exactly. Like, and as you as stated, you stated before, before, unfortunately, at the, the state that we're in, healthcare as a whole does not have enough professionals at this time to really give it the research that it needs. You can absolutely see both sides of this for sure. Um, but I think like from personal experience for me, I went through 30 plus years of mental health um, and nothing ever really because I was able to intellectualize my feelings so I had a really good grasp of what was going on but not how to actually work through those emotions and so I kept running into over and over again in the mental health field people being really unable to help me get to where I needed to get so I took it into my own hands and I did hero doses of mushrooms. But every time I went in to that setting, I was alone, which was how I felt the safest. And I also went in with the intention of working on something specific. And that really was the biggest trauma healing that I have ever done in my life was going through those experiences because I was finally able to be in the emotional state rather than intellectualizing all of it. And that's why I think it's important too, is like part of the process, like with the ketamine is um, you have a therapist that is in there with you. You establish a trusted relationship with this therapist and then they walk you through it mm. and i think that's important too for a lot of people because 
some of these things are hard to deal with, especially like PTSD. That's a hard thing to deal with. And if you're by yourself, like altered state of mind, potentially things could go wrong. So I, I am an advocate for these to be in clinical settings because yes, people can do really dumb shit and they need to be walked through it. Because if you're like, here, have these drugs. And they're like, yep. It's not a good idea. But, but I, want, I, want, I want most countries to get on board with it. And then if we bring that back to spirituality, a lot of, a lot of communities are basically creating trip-sitter communities so that someone trusted is with the person who wants to go on that journey. But also I think that's where, you know, people who are knowledgeable, who have the old knowledge and can bring that forth. And I hate to use this word, but shamans, um, you know, in situations like that, where someone knows what can happen, knows how to circumvent these things, knows how to create harm reduction. And I'm all about harm reduction for the most part, because we're not at a point in the medical community where we really can do that. There's, um, yeah, there's a website that is really good about like telling you all about these hallucinogenics and giving you all of the information. I'm trying to find it, but it gives you like the positives and the negatives, like how to do it responsibly. Like it has a lot of people that are talking about like with ex extreme experience on how to properly take these drugs. I'm not saying that you should do that. I want them to be clinical. I want it to be in a clinical setting, but to be informed is better than nothing. So I'm going to find that website. <laughs> I think people need to keep in mind the functionality behind these things literally is altering brain chemistry at that point. They yeah. are some way, shape or form, either stopping a chemical from being released or increasing uptakes of another one. So it is an extremely important to be knowledgeable on what the side effects of that can be and how to mitigate circumstances if you find yourself in a situation that you can no longer function safely. Yes. And I think it's also important to know your body's response and reaction. Some of my friends and family neighbors will say that they don't smoke weed because it makes them very paranoid. It doesn't matter what strain what they go with, it makes them very paranoid. They know their body's reaction and response to this. I have friends who say the same thing about psilocybin. I have friends who say the same thing about beer, certain types of alcohol. Um, some of my friends are like, oh, I really don't do tequila because it does make them aggressive. I've had many friends say that actually. Some are like, they feel that way about vodka. Okay, cool. You know your body's response. And you only know your body's response by trying it out. Now, here's where I get kind of 
a little frustrated with the whole thing. So we stopped outlawing weed, right? And now the bigger corporations and we have growers and all kinds now who are regulating and there's strict regulations on it to do it as safely as possible. But it's still open to be like a consumable just like alcohol. You can buy as much as you want within certain bounds. Definitely you can buy enough to get fucked up. But who's benefiting from this truly? And like Sharon just put in the chat and taxing the fuck out of it. That's the part that drives me fucking bananas because it goes against the natural law and what we actually use it for. We use it in spirituality quite often to expand our minds, to expand ourselves so that we can see more in spirit, understand more truths of spirit, each other, our connections, etc. We use it for expansion, for relaxation. I mean, you guys saw me before we started. I was having a whole issue of what belongs to me and what isn't. I had to run to my spirit guides because I'm in my office. There's nothing, there's nothing but water and tea in here and pumpkin seeds. <laughs> like, what am I going to do here? I don't have the luxury of being able to spark one up in my office or take a pill of some kind because I don't have anything here. I had to go straight to my spirit guides and it was really fucking tough to get there. That's why I shut down for a minute and I was like, I'll be back. I had to run to my spirit guides. I couldn't even shine my light. I was trying to shine my light and it was like, like flickering and it was like spurting out. And I was like, fuck, oh my God, fuck, fuck, fuck. Simply because I took on too much energy over the weekend and I pushed myself way farther than I have ever before. I didn't even realize it until after the fact. So, hey, there we go. That's part of my experimentation though, that when we have another retreat, what am I going to do to mitigate that? What am I going to do to care for myself? Am I going to go to meds? Am I going to protect myself ahead of time? I need to be able to experiment and experience these things. If light was treated <laughs> like alcohol, like marijuana is being treated right now, <sighs> would I be only able to shine so much? Would I be mitigated to tiny amounts? Because maybe it's going to push me too far or not enough. This is kind of my, my long-winded way of getting back around again. Who says what we can do with it? Who allows it? Where does it come from? Who's taking care of it? Who's... Who's creating the strains? Who's making them available to us? I'm not someone who trusts a giant corporation to take care of this. But then again, I don't trust a tiny mom and pop either because there's not enough regulation. Can we have like something in between? And when I ran to my spirit guides and my highest self and I was like, help, 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 help. They ran right to me to help me, but I knew damn well this would have been easier if I had been more relaxed. Tiff, I think you were going to say something.
I think that really goes back to the question of the government having so much oversight and people like us not being in positions of power in it. That is the only way for anyone to create long-lasting change. If we're not there voicing our opinions and getting these things done as a whole for everyone, we also can't sit back and bitch about it, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree with Tiff. I would rather go to someone who's a psychic, a healer, a medium, an empath, whatever it is, than buy from anyone else. And I say this because when I was in high school and I smoked weed, it was a really mellow high. Super easy. But now, they'll knock your fucking block off. I'm like, what the actual fuck? And I'm worried about that for psilocybin because psilocybin's taking the exact same course that weed has been taking in the last five years. It's true. That's the last thing I need is to be stripping my fucking balls off when I just meant to get a little happy. As a medical user of cannabis, I can say that it is very difficult for me to find anything that has any CBD in it. And that's what helps for my pain levels. It's practically impossible to find because everything is all about the THC. Kaylee, did you find that website you were looking for? I'm trying. I'm trying real hard. <laughs> like it is not coming to my brain at all. Like I can see it, but my brain can't make it make sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I think I don't know. I've kind of, I, I've kind of split on it most of the time. I, I still say, and I still think, you know, each person's an individual. Sometimes I think Xanax would work better for some people. For me, I cannot function on it. I cannot, like, it's not good for me. It's just not at all. Um, and for some people, maybe at the end of the day, they have a beer to relax and they can like chill out and do their thing. That's fine. Each person is different. And I think it's important to have someone that knows about it in the medical field. Um, I would like to see like with the medical field and kind of like our field kind of like merge a little bit together in that where they can kind of work together, right? Because I'm going back to school in psychology and everything and I really, I'm working like kids in with everything and I have a lot of kids that sometimes they don't want to be on their medicine just because they don't like it and they want to learn to try to function without it and their doctors are okay with it and we'll try that. Um, some kids, they're like, they need their medicine because they're different kids. And so they'll do that and they'll function on it. And I think it's the same with even grown people. I mean, sometimes um, we use it for a little while and we don't need it anymore. But I think it is important, like Tess said, you know, you can't just eat a handful of something. You know, you have to know how much to take or you have to know how much to have or, or how much to use at the time. Because if you don't, you could get sick like really quick and I think it's important to kind of know and to be knowledgeable about it 
And as far as the research and stuff goes, Kelly, and I, I know I feel the same way. I feel like it's a slow crawl. If I do feel like it's a slow crawl, but it's a crawl. It's a moving toward it. It's a getting better with it. It's not what it used to be. More people are starting to open up and see the benefits of it versus the negative things that we've been told and some of the untrue things we've been told about some things in the past. Um, if you look at it through history, I mean, they used to sell heroin over the counter and then they took it off the shelf, you know? So it's like, um, we learn as we go. And I think people are afraid uh, because of some past mistakes maybe we've made with medicines and, and, and people not knowing how to use or regulate or what which ones to use or what for. Um, even your herbs and stuff, whatever you want to call that, you know, too much is too much. I, I still go back to the balance, right? I think we should be able to use all the things that are accessible to us, whether it's pharmaceuticals or it's natural, whatever. But... I think there's still that balance and it's also that individual person of what they need for their life and how to function and how to function well on it. Cause isn't that the ultimate goal? Yeah. It's to function well, right? The wellness mm -hmm. health of people is what we're looking at here, right? We don't want to go too far off on the deep end to where we have problems with substances, but we also don't want to go too far on the deep end where we're not taking it because of stigma when we actually really could use it, need it, perhaps, especially like Tiffany said, if you have chemicals in your brain and you don't quite have enough, well, sometimes, and in my case, I can say that sometimes you need something to stimulate the chemicals to drop so that you can be okay, right? Mm. And so I'm always going to be in the middle on this. I think we should use all of our resources, but use them well, you know, intelligently and help each other out. But I really think the medical and like our spiritual side needs to come together in these aspects, right? I, I talk to my therapist and my doctor about all this all the time. And I am upfront and open about everything um, with them. And I find it much, much easier to find a path for me to where I can function in this world. And I'm not doing damage to myself. And I have checks and balances in place uh, to make sure that I maintain. So I don't know. That's that's about all I got on this because it's. Um, but you're right. The only way it's going to change is if we change it somehow, moving up into power and changing, and helping change. I've worked in the medical field for the past ten years and counting mm -hmm. now, and I have to say, more, now more than ever, I am seeing that convergence between traditional medicine and homeopathic medicine. For instance. We actually just hired homeopathic doctors for both our cancer service line and our renal dialysis service line. Just last week, there were people getting acupuncture in the ICU. Like they are working towards treating mind, body, and soul as one. Good. Good. Yeah, Good. definitely. Um, I've also seen that in my pain clinic, but the problem now is getting insurance companies to cover those kinds of procedures as well. That's another hurdle where we have to get into power and change it. Yep. I think it's like the, the progression of like medical health to treat people 
we went from like knowing the body kind of mm-hmm. like the the uterus was wandering around your body causing bad moods but like i'm saying like we were more in tune with the physical body and then we got more into chemistry and how chemistry affects the body and then we figured out that the body and chemistry are kind of one and the same and now we're getting to this point where it we know that it takes both you need to know the physical body how the physical body works and then how the chemicals drive that body and if we could just push it over the edge so that we can just get the shit done I would like that <laughs> we just need to we need to invest more time into that instead of creating boner pills I'm just like using that as an example but like we can hurt somebody's mental health too Kaylee <laughs> it can but I'm just saying it could but maybe, maybe God wanted them to find another way to look at their mental health <clears throat> maybe but what I'm saying is like a treatment that could save a lot of lives Versus some dude with his boner. Like, the focus isn't in the right place. And and now the focus is, like, how much money can I get out of this? That's well, not that's not what it should be. You should genuinely be wanting to help people. And I think that... Um, I'm going to go off into my little... Like, I, I do not like corporations. Like, medical corporations making manufacturers the words are not fucking coming to my brain but you get what i'm saying they they aren't in it to help people anymore i don't even know if there ever was i mean we do have medications that do help people but there are some people that are not responsive to those medications their bodies do not Absorb them the way that they should. Are we laughing at me? No. (laughs) No. Okay. No. But I think that we should have, when treating patients, we should have an entire arsenal versus just ones that the doctors get paid to push. Exactly. I agree with you, but the thing that's going to stand out for most corporations and and things like that is going to be money and sex sells money. Sex sex gets you money. Sex sells. That's I'm all fucked up, Sharon. Fuck you. (laughs) I just comment from Sharon. Okay, yeah. is that what you're laughing at? Uh, yes. So fucked up over it now. Yeah. The treating women's hysteria with orgasms. Yeah. I I agree. 
that's I mean, part of the taking care of the physical body, which yes. then takes care of the chemical side of the body. Yep. <laughs> I. S- it's mental and physical health it always fixes my attitudes mine too same yep I'm telling you it's physical and mental you stress out you will be after nothing fixes my attitude but it definitely puts me at ease Uh uh-huh it helps with my migraines. Yeah. Mm, see. It helps me sleep. The cure all. Yeah. Sharon's right. I mean, it is like a huge chemical dump. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, it is. It's a huge chemical dump, is what it is. Into the body. So then we feel better. I think I think one of the things that like astonishes me about the the body and the brain should should I keep going like so I have to shut the cover I'm just marking this clip for what Tate That's all I'm doing the huge will dump into the body got it the thing that astonishes me about the human body is like we are literally a meat computer that is run by little chemicals oh my god I can't even God damn it. So I cannot I can't I can't find the website. But it's a really good a good tool for people. Sorry, we have all lost the plot. We've all lost all of it. It's fine. I tried. I fucking tried. I tried to hold okay. shit down. You did the best of all of us. Congratulations. Fuck you, Sharon. You had me, you had me at meat computer. <laughs> oh, that was just grand. See, I wasn't even reading the fucking side. I'm like, what is, like, huh? Am I, what's funny? (laughs) What did I say? What are you fucking me? Oh my God. You know when everything is so funny that you can't, like you just, you just have to hold steady. That's where I'm at right now. I'm like, we have the meat computer, old dumps. I'm just, we got a whole lot going on and I don't, whew. my ADHD just hit a whole stop point. It's like, Urgh! the brakes are fully engaged. I can't get past it because I'm apparently 12 years old. <laughs> like the fourth time I've taken this conversation way out of context and in sexuality and I'm like the fuck is wrong with me oh well go get laid yeah pretty much go get laid 
being a chemical belt. With weed and <laughs> psilocybin. Ginger <laughs> hysteria helped. Jesus Christ. Take your meat computer and go get a chemical belt. I don't know how I didn't just spit out my water. I don't even know how. I don't either. I'm so proud. Oh, well, with that, that's been another episode of the Sweet Release Healing Roundtable. <laughs> it's not going anywhere useful after this. We're all puddles now at this point. Nobody is fully formed. Jesus Christ. I feel like me and Tiff made eye contact and knew. Fucking hell. Well, thank you so much, Charity, Tiffany, Kaylee, and Antoinette for coming in and bringing your valuable insights to such a delightful conversation. Thank you so much to our fantastic producers, Sharon and Morgan, simply for putting up with us. Um, appreciate you so much. I am Andrea Lovett, and I am ashamed of this episode, but here we go. <laughs> Have a beautiful evening. Love yourselves and love each other with all your chemical dumps in your fucking robot meat suits. Mwah, we love you. <laughs>